0: Three, two, one, go! This is episode 67 of the Cool Down Time podcast. I'm your graphically impressive host of the show, Marco, and joining me is my co-host and technical mess, Pablo, to help me talk about gaming's best and bootiest. Pablo, what's going on with you, ho? Man, it's Friday. Worked a little bit in the morning. You know, hung out with
1: my son for most of it. Uh, you know, we're discussing video games. He don't know nothing about games. Mm-mm. I mean, he's only three months old, but he don't know shit.
0: Uh, yeah, so yeah. we're gonna
1: have to work on that um, but that's it man you know just here ready to record some uh, some podcast goodness and talk about some some games that uh, you know I, my stomach hurt I feel like taking a shit that's all I'm gonna say
0: <laughs> oh okay <laughs> some of these Guys. games
1: might get some poo poo on them No, I'm kidding we'll, we'll talk about it I'll be uh, I'll be level headed as much as I can be about certain games but I uh,
0: you know I'm kinda hungry I'm hungry something is really wrong with this dude in the brain i I tell y'all every episode but it's true it's true (laughs) um my god yeah uh thanks for asking i'm doing fine by the way well Um, i mean you
1: let me get there because you were so busy like talking shit about my mental state uh anyway
0: (laughs) how was uh how are you doing on this thank you for asking i didn't i didn't think you'd ask but you did um i'm getting ready for my daughter's birthday uh it's happening Mm. in about a week and uh man I bought her these uh, these Lego themed like Frozen castle type type of, type of situations, yeah. and um, you know the pictures looked so so easy, so nice. Oh no! Open that box up, man! Six thousand pieces. What? I- I'm obviously exaggerating by a couple thousand, but yeah, but still a lot that, of pieces, I mean, man. Is it like when you the box does it say it's for like people in her age group or? It's well, yeah. I mean, it, it's not for, it's not for people in her age group to assemble. It's definitely not. It, that yeah. It's I can't. I, I'm struggling, and it, okay, it's, I it's it's a pretty rough time. So Legos have have changed, man. Since we were younger, Dude. it used to be just a red block with a with a yellow block. You snap them hoes together, and there you go. You got something. You made a house. Yeah. A house. Man. All like, my
1: all my brother used to do was make guns. Uh, this is america I did make that's all we did man and we used to buy like i think the only themed star wars thing i ever had was i mean a themed lego thing was star wars and i think we gave up halfway and just uh. use those used
0: those pieces for more
1: gun parts we crazy Bas- uh yeah I, but I, now I'm, I'm
0: about to do that right now because i'm i'm literally building a whole drawbridge at this juncture right now it's Damn. it's unnecessary dude but it's better like it
1: it's crazy because the mario like the mario stuff that's coming out it's like interactive legos it's like i don't even understand what legos are anymore i don't Uh, know i think it's cool i think that i think that they're evolving in a really cool way uh, just being just less than those red and blue and yellow blocks but damn bro i've seen some shit like it's like a working SNES thing where it wasn't working, but it's like you can create an SNES and then it has like lights and stuff on it. It's like, what are we doing? It's I wish dope. she
0: would ask me for a, a Lego Nintendo. I would, I That'd would, be- man, listen, it's it's rough out here, man. Her birthday, I'm looking forward to it, but all the assembly required? Nah, I, I'm not happy about mm-hmm. that. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I'm here to talk about some video games uh, in between all of the assembly. Um, Pablo, in this episode we're going to be covering the shocking news of GTA 6 and the Star Wars KOTOR remake situation. The uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, that's a thing that came out. We're going to talk about our first impressions of that and a new first ever video game Versus for our main event of the show and plenty more. Uh, But before we continue, shouts out to all of our new and returning listeners for checking out this week's show. If you like us, Give our podcast a sub. We drop new episodes every single Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and our official website at cooldowntime.com. If you're feeling extra cool, follow us on IG at cooldowntimepodcast to keep us in your FOV in between episodes. So Pablo, let's go ahead and jump right into the first segment of the show devoted to what we have been playing, and we call that Loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. Loadouts ready. All right, so we've got a couple games to talk mm-hmm. about this week, but why don't we go ahead and start with me, because that's the way I like it. Um, <laughs> let's start with Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So uh, this uh, is is the uh, highly anticipated uh, sequel to Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, very, very popular series and uh, a very well-reviewed game, according to Open Critic. It's currently, as of this recording, sitting at an 88 uh, which means that I have won uh that particular prediction because my choice was uh, 87 I think Pablo you had what an 80 or something like that 82? Uh, 84 84 uh, so Pablo was wrong I was right and uh I'm I'm killing it right now in in, <laughs> in this uh in this game so uh yeah so I've uh, I put in about I want to say not too long probably about three hours um so nothing too too crazy uh, as of this recording the game came out um, midnight. Last night, so I haven't had a lot of time with it in between sleeping and then getting up for work for a little while. Um, but I could already tell you um, it is kind of blowing the first two games out of the water for me uh, in a way that I wasn't fully ready for. Um, the the quality of this game just holistically is. Um, kind of above and beyond expectations. It, it, there's a lot of familiar pieces to the game, for sure. Uh, it's not a complete overhaul of the formula. The formula is still very much there, uh, as are a lot of its themes narratively and such. Um, but it just seems like the definitive version of their vision of what Xenoblade Chronicles is. And and I think it's being told in the best way uh, with some really interesting background lore and characters um cinematically this game is kind of a a tour de force uh so far um long and captivating cutscenes. um really impressed i mean it's it's one of those games where you're going to be sitting back doing a good amount of watching uh at least in the early stages so far uh to just kind of get the exposition and and you know the lay of the land basically on what's going on and and even some um flashbacks to when you and your crew were were younger to get a little bit of backstory on how they kind of came to be um, and what some of their internal struggles are as well. So the game does an incredible job in the first few hours of kind of uh, setting the proverbial table uh, of getting you uh, ready and prepared and and understanding of everything that's going on uh, both narratively and in terms of gameplay. Um, Was um, a quick question was like, Xenoblade Chronicles 1 or 2, because I played like 20 hours
1: or 2 and I can't remember this. Was it heavy on cutscenes always or is this kind of like a, a new direction in terms of the way they're telling the story?
0: Um, it They were always very cinematic um, yeah. in the past. But this one, again, at least in the early stages, seems to be um, a few ticks above that. Um, So, again, it, it might stabilize. It might go back down to something that's more familiar. Um, with the first two games, but as of right now, it does seem to be skewing more uh, towards being more cutscene-driven. Um, and it's good because the cutscenes are actually way better produced um, and, and cut together than they were in previous games. Not to say the first two games were bad in that department. It's just a clear improvement um, in how they put together all the, the cutscenes. Um, so it's it's very good in that department. In terms of gameplay... Um, There's a good amount to learn if this is your first foray into Xenoblade Chronicles, um, or if you've been away for a really long time and you're getting reacquainted. But I really think the tutorial does a pretty awesome job of gently getting you accustomed to all the systems and mechanics. And I haven't seen it all yet, uh, by far. Um, But the way that it kind of slow drips um, everything that you need to learn and do and get familiar with is really nice. Uh, To the point where it doesn't really feel super intimidating. Um, It feels very kind of like, hey, we know this is a lot. So we're not gonna, you know, knock you out with all this information in in like rapid fire kind of a fashion. Um, So I I appreciate the way that they're kind of introducing. I have a feeling the tutorial is going to be probably a little on the long side. Um, Yeah. That's what a lot of previews were saying, too, and I kind of believe it after playing this, but I'm also glad games that You're like, pop 20 hours in, and it's like tutorials are popping (laughs) in. It wouldn't surprise me, Um, but this is one of those rare exceptions where it doesn't really bug me too much, because it's it's the best way to teach all this stuff to you, Uh, instead of just, like I said, hitting you over the head rapid fire in the first two hours and going, well, (laughs) good luck. I guess Google stuff you don't understand, you know? and as a whole, if you
1: look at all the systems in
0: play, it may look like o- overwhelming, but,
1: you know, the way that uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, at least how I remember it, with all the auto attack stuff and then using your Monado arts uh, at the face buttons, you know, that can get pretty. Um tedious and very repetitive so them adding Mm -hmm. layers to that as the game goes on so yeah as a whole package it seems like a lot but it would keep it interesting in my in in my estimation as the deeper you go the more they add to it it keeps it fresh keeps that combat system fresh which is really if done correctly can be a game changer really, even though it looks like a lot in the beginning, if you were to put all that at the start. But if you're if you're dulling that out and and, and kind of adding layers to that uh, unique combat, I think that would be a really cool way to kind of keep it fresh and keep it always keep you always on your toes when it comes to the combat portion of the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Actually, yeah. So I mean it it, it is um it's simple on the surface, but it is very uh, in depth and there is a lot to learn. But I think overall, I think the combat is From what I can see so far, it seems like it's taking the best of Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and 2 and kind of sandwiching those together, throwing in a couple of new things to create what I think is the most streamlined and best functioning version of the combat system yet. Um, the same goes for exploration. They have a, have a lot of quality of life stuff. Um, they have, you know, like a waypoint system now with kind of breadcrumbs to sort, sort of show you the, the quickest path, but maybe not the safest path to a destination. So um, for as big and sprawling as some of the open spaces are, uh, that can be very useful because in previous games, you can kind of not necessarily get spun around very badly, but you can sort of not know how to get to a certain spot. Um, because of the way that the world is sort of laid out. So this helps mitigate a lot of that to make things a little less frustrating when you're trying to get from point A to B to C, which I think is really awesome. Um, Last thing I'll say is I think the visuals and performance are the best yet. Now, it is all with the asterisk of, yes, it's a Switch game. So you're going to notice, you're going to notice the resolution, you know, fluctuate, you're going to get you know, blurrier moments, sharper moments. I think at this point, if you're not used to that, then, you know, you might not want to have a switch at all because um, this has that too. But it does the best it can with its scale and its scope and its attention to detail in ways that I find really impressive. So I actually have no issues with the way it performs and, and especially the way it looks. Um, thanks yeah. mostly to its art style. And I think, you know, just its overall aesthetic, I think still works incredibly well.
1: Yeah, I saw some videos uh, because, you know, I have not played this game um, and I don't know if I will anytime soon just do it due to, to, to time and, and just kind of the backlog that I have of games I actually do want to finish. So we'll see what happens yeah. with that. But from what I've seen in terms of, like, I, I was wondering how it performs. And uh, according to YouTube YouTubers out there saying it performs really well. It's really yeah. clean. It's just visually sometimes, especially at the beginning, you're in these areas that are really brownish. And so it looks right. really blurry and, and kind of, like, not the greatest. But as the game does progress, the areas do get a lot of greener, more luster. And it, 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 after a while, you seem to kind of forget how... Not bad it looks, but it doesn't... Obviously, up, not up to stuff to a Xbox Series X a console or PlayStation 5, but that's... We know that. that you, it's a Nintendo Switch. Like you said, if you don't... If you're not used to that by now, then maybe sell your Switch and try to get a Steam Deck or something exactly. and not get to play a Nintendo Switch game. So,
0: it is what it is. Trade-off. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, I will say in closing, um, and I'm I'm trying not to put a lot of hyperbole on this. Yeah. Um, if If this game does what it's supposed to do, um, or what it's kind of hinting that it's going to try to do overall, um, man. This 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 might have um, game of the year written on it for me. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's possible. Uh, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I think we both know what our number ones are without getting too, you know in, yeah, in the weeds about I... that. But it, it's it's a tough act to follow. But this game has kind of those those pieces that it takes sure. to really contend for that kind of a spot whether it gets there or not who knows we'll see but um first impressions are obviously like really really strong about this and i, I see so much potential in this yeah. being really high up there for me this year to, to yeah. say the bare minimum
1: and you tweeted something uh a couple of days ago if not yesterday about how this year is is actually a difficult year for you in terms of like uh, ranking your top 10 and i had yeah. a tweet like a month ago about how we, we even us we've talked about how 2022 is a bad or a low a down year but when you look at what's coming it actually it could turn out to be one of the better years in gaming in, in the last couple of years just because of everything that's that's happening and if Xenoblade Chronicles is is as good as people are saying it is it's going to it's really going to throw a wrench into the, the top 10 uh of it all uh but yeah I knew this game I knew this game was was going to hit hard it, Nintendo was ready they they ne- and video game industry never does that they pushed up the release date. They It was did. supposed to come out in September, and they released in July. That's how ready they know this game was. That's that's super encouraging, and and I hope that I hope the game pans out for you, man. I hope it's as good as, as um, as its rating or its uh, open critics as it is. If it turns out to be that, I might have to jump in eventually. But uh, but yeah, man, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that it's going well for you so far.
0: Yeah, so this, yeah, I hope so too. And this is going to be a long game to finish for Mm -hmm. sure. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'll I'll probably be alluding to this game for many weeks to come as I keep chipping away at it. But yeah, so far so good. And if you're on the fence about it and you got some time to invest into a good JRPG, this one is, it's checking all the boxes. It it just is. Um, But Pablo, let's turn it over to you and talk about Mm -hmm. your loadouts. We have a game that is not necessarily checking all the boxes of what it's Mm -mm. trying to be. Uh, But I'll kick it over to you. Walk me through what you got on your list.
1: Yeah, I'm playing two games. Um, I'm going to start real quick with... um, with, I I already forgot the name of the game because it's so... It's Bright Memory Infinite. Um, Listen, uh, it's a game that was announced years ago on the Xbox Games uh, Showcase. It looked really cool visually, uh, and it's gotten pretty much not ravished but it's got, it's it's in the high 60s i think 67 something like that on open critic it you know no, nobody's talking about it it came out and it's not $20 Nobody's really but i ha- i have to say uh it's actually a really fun time in terms of what the game is uh like it's just if you're looking for a shooter, like literally a, a shooter with with some really cool melee combat, uh, this game has that. And the shooting looks great. the, the melee combat is particularly awesome. Uh, the visually, it's pretty cool. Like it runs really smooth. It isn't like a graphical powerhouse. It kind of reminds me a lot of Crisis, uh, the first Crisis game, where it's like all visual and everything else. And, and in terms of the shooting, is really good, but everything else, the story voice acting i mean uh, the voice acting story of this game is probably some of the worst i've ever heard in my entire life i don't even know (laughs) what the fuck is happening story-wise like i really don't know there's there's a hurricane happening there's it's raining a lot i i don't know i don't know at all i it but it doesn't matter because just the moment-to-moment gameplay the shooting the melee stuff all that stuff when you combine that together it makes for a really fun and gratifying experience and it's like two hours long so it doesn't it's not really like one of those things where it's gonna take a lot of time it's a incredible palate cleanser it's it's the equivalent of you like smelling some coffee beans before um you, you, you spray another uh cologne to, to to try out at a store uh, Who you does know, you that? that. when you go to the cologne stores like they have like coffee beans that you can smell between you testing them so it's literally Ugh. like it, it's you can do that it's like a really awesome palette cleanser. Um, I don't, I, it's hard for me to say I recommend this game, but if this game comes out on like a uh, game pass or it's on sale for like 10 bucks, pick it up. I mean, if you like shooters, if you like that kind of stuff, I think it reminds me of a lesser version of Titanfall two's gameplay, like way lesser version in terms of the gunplay, but it's not, it's, it, it's, it's up there with like the call of duties in terms of how the shooting feels. It's, it's actually a really fun, uh, time. So I definitely, uh, on a heavy, heavy sell out, Definitely a game you should guys play. Um, it's yeah, just something yeah. that I that I picked up in between because uh, I'm so upset about this other game that I've. Well, uh, hold been on playing. a second.
0: Hold on, yeah. one second, because yeah, yeah. uh, I bought Bright Memory Infinite. Oh my um, god! <laughs> <laughs> let me tell y'all something about Pablo real quick. What Pablo will have at least one or two games a year that he knows are trash. And it, but he will try to sell you on the on yeah man but it's just it's just it just does the, it just does a good job at this I, like I don't know i'm just having a good time man and he sends me these video clips of this game and you know he's showing off this stuff and that stuff and finally i go okay i'll buy it i'll buy it here's what i'll say really quick cause i know we got to move on um the shooting is good the sword combat is pretty cool the graphics are actually pretty cool, um, but God Almighty, yeah. <laughs> this game is whack. I'm sorry, it, it just is whack. It it's you're right for two hours, twenty bucks. It it's pushing it in terms of value yeah, there, yeah, yeah, even, yeah. even at you know twenty even bucks. 20. Um, it is an interesting game. It's not a game that I went, oh wow, this is kind of a diamond in the rough. It's no just no, like, no 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 no. It's just like all right. So I mean, if you ever, if you're ever in the, in, if you're ever hankering for just the all right game, um, but it's, you know, you know,
1: it's made by one guy. Uh, and then addition to that, when you, when you see these games, they try to go really high concept. As a matter of fact, uh, Bright uh, Memory, which was the first game. Uh, had a lot of like uh dark souls inspirations it was trying to do a lot of stuff and then he remade it to this really simple watered down version of that game and i like those games that are what they are you know they're not trying to be anything else other than a a kind of fun melee combat shooter type of game and you know made by one guy this could have been an, a, an, a complete disaster and it's not a complete disaster it's, it's just so not weird it's almost a disaster
0: it's but so it, weird. it is there's a weird literally a, there's literally a black hole ho huh?
1: Yeah, man, and it's like you're fighting these, like, military dudes, <laughs> and all of a sudden something happens, and it's like you're fighting ancient uh, warriors. <laughs> what is happening? And you're like, all right, I- I'm going to roll with this. And the voice acting of the guy who's your, like, commanding officer, is horrible.
0: All right, oh, let me tell it's you so st- bad. It's so bad. It's like so he's bad. doing a bad Solid Snake impression the whole time. Really, it's really this bad. This game is, like, it's in that, like, Earth Defense Force category. Of, like so bad it's good like it just like it's like a bad sci-fi VHS yeah 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 movie. I, it's, just it's like a those. starship troopers the game
1: Ugh. type of thing yeah i i yeah i think i think i would buy that i think a, a, a so bad it's good though i don't think it's particularly the worst game it's not like offensive but it is there are things about the game that are really bad and there are other things about the game that work really well but um yeah you ready to move on
0: oh yeah i'm well i, I, are you I ready knew to you to... silence
1: you, you were silent when I said something about the game before recording, you're like, "Oh uh, yeah, well, we'll see." I was like, oh, <laughs> "Oh, did this motherfucker buy the game?"
0: Uh, oh man, Well, go ahead right, so, and jump into your your next one. Uh, I'm I'm gonna pop some popcorn for this. This this is gonna listen, be fun.
1: Uh, but listen, it, it, the game is multiverses. They have an open beta that just uh, that just happened, or it's happening currently. Look, <sighs> shame on shame on me first and foremost uh bought into the hype a little bit people were talking about hey if you like if you like smash brothers but you like the 1v1 aspect of it like the real hardcore version this is the game for you because it's its main focus let me tell you guys something uh this game is terrible uh it it, it feels horrible to play um and i'm not just here to tell you hey this game sucks i'm gonna tell you why it sucks shit is floaty Every character, even the ones that don't fly, feel like they're fe- <laughs> like their feather coming down. Being on the edge and recovering oh, feels funny. more forgiving than other games. But right in the middle of the platform, like that, the actual one-on-one fighting, it just there's no control there. It just feels horrible the some moves take two to three frames to develop so like when you press the button like he moves like to a certain area and it just you don't have any control like how can you have a dedicated 1v1 kind of matchup when you really don't have any kind of of like full control your character hit detection is a fucking mess, I have no idea when I'm landing something, or when something hits me, other than some visual references on screen, like, the animation is so bad, uh, and I can't believe people are not talking about this shit, like, I played Superman, uh, and, versus the Iron Giant, which in itself sounds stupid, uh, and the animation itself, they, they work, like, behind each other, so I can stand right on top, it feels like uh, Iron Giant, so he's, like, directly behind me. And when I'm throwing punches, I don't know if I'm making which way, which punch to throw because I'm right on top of the animation of the character. So I punch left, I punch right. I don't know if I'm hitting them. It doesn't make any sense. Like, it, that kind of stuff makes zero sense to me. Um, the, the And then, obviously, the whole kind of, like, um,
0: pay Pablo shit. is literally holding his head right now. <laughs>
1: I mean, look, it just, it just feels so bad. And the fact that it's Ugh. been kind of uh, talked about as, oh, this game is on par. It's a peer to se- Smash Brothers. No, it is motherfucking not. This game isn't <laughs> even close to being... Well, it, it feels like a cheap imitation of... Ev- it, in fact, it's worse than uh, uh, so, the All-Stars, Sony All-Stars, that bullshit uh, oh, platform. PlayStation platform. All-Stars, whatever Yeah, it it's was. worse than that shit. Look, <laughs> then they, there's a whole... Game as service type of thing. They say the game isn't play, pay, uh, pay to win. And I guess that's true. I didn't see anything that gives you a player more HP or more power. What it does do is change the skill of the specific person. And what you do when you do that is you take away the element that makes Smash Bros. so dope. Which is the counter character kind of thing. Where if I play as Yoshi, you pick a sword character or a character with range. Because Yoshi does his most damage close up if you're able to keep him away that's a cool counter for that for Yoshi and and then and and kind of like uh, trading that off Yoshi is a good counter to a uh, Donkey Kong because Donkey Kong doesn't have any range he can get up in his ass and, and whoop that ass you know but when you have this game and you can add these perks to the characters you change fundamentally how that character plays you prioritize certain things about the fighter uh, and so when you're picking characters uh, online it shows you hey this person has this and this perk and you're like damn I wish I would have picked a different character because there is no counter. At that point, you've already committed to your character. They committed to their character and they have certain things. And so they, I think they do that because it keeps it fresh, but I don't, I, I, that's a pain in the ass. Imagine playing a uh, Street Fighter and you pick Ken and then all of a sudden you completely change the way Ken plays. It's like, at that point, you're not, you're not familiar with your opponent. It doesn't, it's not as fun anymore because at that, you're just kind of at the guessing game as to what this person is going to be able to do on the actual, um, platform. So there's a lot of stuff with this game that doesn't make any, any sense at all, um, uh, Video game pundits fans tastemakers, I think the reason that they're talking up this game is they have this obsession of trying to be on the ground floor of the new Thing the next smash brothers killer same thing when they do with all these Royals uh, battle royale games come out on the ground Floor they talk them up all the time because they want to be on the ground floor of the potential um, Fortnite killer or something of that sort and that's why I feel like a lot of this conversation around this game is disingenuous because it's coming from a place of of that, rather than a place of the quality of the game, I have heard. I've heard nobody really talk about the game itself. Just talk about the potential what the game can be going forward with this kind of uh, uh, this kind of game as service thing. Like the actual nitty gritty of it, when you look at people who play these games, the they when they talk about it, they don't like this game at all. It doesn't. It doesn't really do what. Th- it promises in that sense. None, Nothing about this game works. Nothing at all. I, I think it's an absolute <laughs> shit show <laughs> of a game. Uh, I will say, I, I'm forcing myself to say a good thing. I think the music and character voices are all top notch because they're the music of the show or movie they're from and the voice actors are from there, so that's cool. I, I, when the Nickelodeon uh, platformer came out, fi- uh, Fighter came out, it didn't have that, and so it felt really like weird now that they, ha- they, they upgraded since then, but that stuff is cool, I guess, but who cares? I, honestly, at the end of the day, I don't understand the hype behind this game. I think it's going to be one of those things where it eventually just completely dies out. I remember when this game was announced, people were clowning on it because it seemed like a bad idea. It's out. People are, uh, seem to change their minds on that. They were right the first time. This is a this is a <laughs> clown of a game. It's, it's it's nothing about it works for me. Okay. Uh, and I hate it with all my heart. If you guys oh. are... If you guys don't have a Nintendo Switch and are in the mood to play a um, platformer kind of fighter brawler, I would uh, suggest Rivals of Ether, which is basically a Smash Melee clone that plays just like it, no frills. They don't try to do anything cute with it. It is basically melee with you know their own kind of characters. But if that's what if that's what you're in the mood for, do that. Don't don't play this game. Don't don't play this <laughs> game. And to think, I almost bought like the twenty dollar uh, early access thing just because uh, I was buying the hype but i said like, you know what let me wait because only a couple of days till the fuck it if i would have bought that shit i would have quit every i would have quit i would have ran away from my home i would have uh, oh, uh,
0: okay, uh started well, again
1: in canada i would have just been so ashamed of myself <laughs> that i would have purchased this uh no but really um I, I don't i don't know who this is for i mean it's not for for fight it's not for fans and fighters and it's definitely not for people who are ready to come into a free-to-play game and have fun because uh, they're just going to get destroyed and demolished, uh, whether it be by the pay-to-win pay-to shit or the, skillset- the skill skill levels going. that are about to be disgusting. <laughs> I
0: hate it. I hate it. This game is terrible. I hate it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, my God. Yo, this man is sweating right now. It was going a 1,000 miles a, of, an hour with all that. Listen, um, obviously, you got into a lot of the technical stuff. I'm just going to be a, a little bit more direct and petty. I think the game is... It's just the typical free-to-play, unfinished-feeling kind of bleh experience to the to the letter. Um, yeah. I don't think there's anything really remarkable about it. And I think, um, you know, I'll just echo all, all 20,000 points you made about how how bad it is from a gameplay standpoint. I don't like it either. Um, and I just think that overall, it's it's just not a compelling product for me at all. It, it could just be me. And I don't know. But just something about Scooby-Doo is... Scooby-Doo ain't doing it for me, man. It's just not. Traffic? I mean no. <laughs> All right, you didn't have to do all that. Um I just don't yeah, I don't, I don't I don't get the product. I don't get the purpose. It's it to me it's just kind of like a okay, that's this is this is here kind of a thing and I don't know. Um it's just banking I don't, on the stuff. I don't know if it's really it, it seems to be doing well on Steam. Um it, it could just be the, you know, the the honeymoon phase. Uh we'll see yeah. what happens as the game continues to get supported or whatever if people stay or drop off it who knows it might it might become a thing um you know th- I, that's the one thing i will say to its credit there's nothing really out there like this obviously uh, if, for a reason from a gameplay standpoint there's smash but i mean like in a free-to-play sense um there's nothing yeah, that, really like this out there um, and there's a reason for that uh, maybe maybe but, listen, but um,
1: i think it is i think it's a honeymoon phase because when you look at Other games have come out that do the free to play thing, like the, um, that, that dodgeball shit, you
0: know. Oh, Knockout City.
1: Yeah, Knockout City. That was huge. That, that seemingly had died down quite a bit. Um, the, the Ubisoft Battle Royale game, uh, the Hyperscape. uh, Hyperscape. Yeah. That, no longer exists, uh, rumors of the other roller derby roller champions, games, champions, <laughs> uh, that's rumors that that's going to be canceled. And it's only been out like a, a month and a half. So mm-hmm. I, I think that there's a lot of that going on. And just to collect myself a little bit here after the Ramble These... manic, uh, thing that I just <laughs> yeah, went that through. That was a lot. I, I just don't think it works. It, it just does not work in any way, shape or form, uh, from a technical aspect. And just from a free-to-play thing, like you want to be able to to have the ability to pick any character you want, especially when the characters are the main focus of the game, like Batman, Superman, and you don't have that because now you have to pay to actually get the character you want you know yeah smash had dlc but it started with like 70 something fighters off rip you know so there's just something about it that i i don't know if it really works in that sense but technically i can say confidently that this game
0: is uh it's not good uh i don't think it's good at all yeah you could even say it's the booty juice of the week (laughs) that'd be a compliment (laughs) i haven't sang that out in a while that was a little felt good (laughs) good to release that uh, release that juice. Um, all right. Ooh. We have to move on. Uh, it's time to get into the uh, the news segment of the show that we call Hit Points. Let's go. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right. So while uh, Pablo is, is, is resting and recuperating after that rant <laughs> of ages, uh, I'll go ahead and kick things off with our first Hit Point news item that comes from Jason Schreier of Bloomberg. He is reporting that Aspire's remake of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic has been delayed indefinitely after firing two directors this month. The staff at Aspire have been informed that the KOTOR remake will remain on hold until next steps are determined for the troubled project. So, Pablo, I think the the question is sort of twofold here. I think number one is, do we think that this remake will ever see the light of day? And, And secondly, I guess... Maybe regardless of that answer, what should Sony do or feel about this, uh, given that they are uh, the ones that locked in some some timed exclusivity for this thing?
1: I think Sony should move on. I mean, um, a KOTOR remake, regardless of how much we want it, will not make or break Sony. So at this point, I think they should uh, move on from Aspire and, and, and this uh, remake. The reason being is when we talked about this game first, When it was announced, one of our main concerns was Aspire themselves. They've never really done anything of this caliber or of this scope. And, you know, we wondered whether or not that was going to affect the game positively or negatively. And the fact that they're already having an issue with, with that, and it's basically in pre-production just goes a long way to show how unprepared they seem to be to take on a a project of this size um you know i i this is not a what and i'm not trying to be an xbox fanboy but one also one of the things we talked about when xbox passed up on it was maybe they just didn't trust who was going to make it and that seems to be what what's really happening here again i think sony should just Cut ties. I, I don't I don't understand why Sony would need to stick by Aspire during this, just because of the fact that even if they do figure it out, figure it out, those concerns are still there in terms of whether or not the game is going to be great in that sense. Um, as for Aspire, <clears throat> this can make or break them, uh, and so far this already seems to be breaking them. Uh, maybe for self-preservation, they also move on and. Somebody's gonna do this. Somebody's gonna remake Kotor. It's one of the best Star Wars games. Actually, it is the best Star Wars game ever made, uh, and it's one of the best uh, RPGs ever made. So somebody's gonna step up. They 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 saw the hype when Kotor remake was announced, and I think that I think we will see a Kotor remake. I just don't think it'll be by Aspire. What do you think? Yeah,
0: yeah. That's a it's an interesting take. Um, I I think uh, here's okay. So here's sort of the the base thing here. I, I do think that we will see a remake from Kotor. And I also think that Aspire will inevitably remain on the hook to make sure that that happens. I think how they're going to do that is going to be interesting from here because with Sony's involvement in this, I think that's what throws the biggest wrinkle because Sony can either say, "Hey, look, there's got to be a clause of con- of of our contract that says indefinite delays kind of breach our deal, blah, 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 we can walk away. But if you're Sony, do you want to do that? Do you want to walk away from the Star Wars license? Do you want to walk away from one of the best games that many people think have ever been made um, when there might be alternatives that you can propose to Aspire slash Disney, obviously, to see if there's a way to kind of... Get this thing back on track. Now, I, I don't know what's in anybody's pipeline um, when it comes to Sony's studios. I know that Bluepoint is working on what is rumored to be a uh, Bloodborne uh, project of some sort. Um, maybe you put this in their queue and have them collaborate with Aspire um, and... Due to working out that deal, maybe you lock in full exclusivity for this remake and not just timed, because you're devoting your team almost like what the initiative is doing with Crystal Dynamics, right? Um, to, to to try to salvage and right the ship, uh, essentially, it's an option. I don't know if it's if it's even doable, um, based, like I said, on the pipeline and and just the the, the contract itself. But I do think if you're Sony, you, you don't necessarily want to just beeline out the door for this there's 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 something here that i think people were really excited about when this first got announced and i think you should at least try to do some due diligence before you wash your hands with this and go ah actually now we're out give us our money back um so i think that they're going to figure out something um but i think sony's role in this is probably going to become i would say more important than what it originally was if they want this project to get up to get back off the ground again. That's sort of a half prediction type of thing. But um I, in the end I think it's still gonna happen. It's just not anytime soon and definitely not based on how Aspire is presently constructed.
1: And to counter that just a little bit, I don't know if Disney would want to at that point limit who gets to play the game. Not because they give a shit about you know, Xbox players, but more because of the fact: that more players, more money. So I don't know if Sony would be able to do that. My thing, in my my, the way I'm thinking about it is: even if Aspire does do the game, I I still question whether or not this is going to be good, you know, or at the very least, a a complete remake of the game itself. I, you know, if it's Blue Point on it. Proven track record, absolutely. I, I, mean, there's no, there's, I mean, there, they would probably be one of my most anticipated games of the next year, or one of them anyway. But I don't know. I don't aspire. Aspire doesn't do anything uh, to for me in terms of the, what they've made. Uh, doesn't aspire me uh, no, to. Uh, okay, God. sorry, uh, but no. But listen, I, I honestly think it just. I think it would probably be best for Sony to walk away from this. But if they're able to actually you know, throw a studio at it, you know, and and maybe at that point, you know, secure console exclusivity because they are putting maybe even some money behind it i think that's definitely the way to go like are you fucking kidding me that'd be that'd be incredible but i think that i don't think that would be possible based on the stuff that we've seen in the past with like lucasfilm and and um and disney and their properties and marvel properties how they want to be able to be on the most platforms available uh with spider-man being the exception obviously but i i just wonder um I wonder what happens there, but I'm I wouldn't. I'm not too confident that we see this game. And if we do, I'm, I'm still not confident that it's going to be any good. So there's yeah. a lot of questions there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, why don't we move on to the second hit points news item since we're on the subject of Bloomberg and Jason Schreier reporting some interesting stuff. Why don't you go ahead and kick this yep. next one off, bro? What do you got? Well, Schreier interviewed 20 people who
1: work at Rockstar who have recently... Uh, or have recently left. Uh, in Bloomberg article, Jason states that they that the game has taken longer than expected to develop. Part of that is pandemic related with the other part of that is that studio culture is...
0: We're talking about GTA 6, yeah, Grand
1: Theft Auto... Yeah, sorry, Grand Theft Auto 6. Uh, Part of that is the culture revamp that uh, has been transpiring uh, at Rockstar. Uh, During these interviews, details of Grand Theft Auto 6 were released. There will be a female protagonist. She is Latina and is just one of the two main characters of the game. Story will take inspiration from bank robbers Bonnie and Clyde. Rockstar wanted to include large portions of North and South America in the game but had difficulties reeling in the scope the game will now take place in vice city and over time will add surrounding areas they hope this will uh, elevate uh, alleviate crunch uh many involved feel that the game is most likely still two years away how do we feel about this information marco there's a lot of information out there not a lot but more than what we had before uh and what's your what's your take on all of this
0: oh man i gotta play as a chick damn (laughs) damn woke culture at its finest woke theft auto no no i i think it's actually cool um that they're that they're trying this out this has been the rumor for a while actually Mm -hmm. so this sort of corroborates stuff we've been hearing for a good a good while now yeah um i'm cool with it um you know everything that i've heard on paper sounds fine i think in terms of the the only concerns if i had to pick anything it's it i think adding in surrounding areas is a little strange to me because that feels more like that's right it it definitely seems to skew more towards the online um, yeah. functionality and in making that kind of a living breathing growing world uh, literally um, so obviously that's gonna be the main emphasis here I, I think um, other than that I think it's it this along with what we heard recently about you know canceling remake projects to kind of funnel everybody into um, getting this project on track I think, it makes sense when you kind of hear some of these details. Um, they're it does. they're shooting for the stars here, and they should. Yeah. This is a big game, um, so i I think that there's um, there's just a lot of room for error here. That's my that's my just general feeling. Is like, man, they're striving for a lot, and if they bungle this and GTA Six tanks, which I don't think it's going to happen in all likelihood, but if it's at the very least a really rocky start because of how ambitious this game is, and they can't deliver, man, that's 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 tough. So yeah. it, the burden is on them for sure to really make sure that this game is ready, to make sure that it is reasonably robust in scope, but not like doing too much, um, and to just make sure that they get the the little things right. Um, because a lot of times with Rockstar, the ambition can sort of overshadow the basics. And you'll have a huge world and all these millions of things to do, but like controlling your character still sucks. Or, um, you know, there's frame rate issues or, you know, there's pop in everywhere, you know, or things like that. I yeah. That's what they have to be careful about um, instead of just, you know a cool Bonnie and Clyde theme in Vice City with a lot of surrounding areas we're going to add in the future like that's that's cool but don't forget the simple things cuz that's what's going to make the game an enjoyable pleasurable experience in the end.
1: Yeah, my thing with all this is I am concerned as to how can you tell a traditional grand theft auto single player story if day 1 the entire map isn't filled out if you're going to fill in other surrounding cities and a part of it that I, I unfortunately forgot to write in there is that they did say there's going to be new story missions added to those new surrounding areas which is a which it just feels weird a, a, as a whole because are you going to tell us a story not a complete story we have to wait for the surrounding cities to come in or are these story missions just going to be kind of like side mission stuff it's like
0: it's like gta infinite
1: yeah and that's what and that's and that's the problem because when you look at grand theft auto 5 they've already focused on the online version of uh, online portion of it to the point where one of the dopest shit that i've ever played is on grand theft auto 4 that single player dlc the ballad of gay tony and the lost in the damned that shit was fire and they didn't even do that for grand theft auto 5 and that fucking thing has three main characters shit is ripe for that kind of storytelling and it it didn't do it at all so already they're telling you where their focus is at and so the fact that they're saying here that we're going to add cities over time and then i feel a little certain kind of way when they go oh that's because it's going to alleviate crunch i'm like okay Mm -hmm. they're using you're using that kind of as a as a tool here uh if that's the case delay the game until everything is ready even if it takes another four years you know whatever the case may be I, i i think the single player is a very vital part of grand theft auto and i really don't want this game to be online single player kind of destiny like experience where you're playing the single player game in a online world where you know there there probably could be instances where you can turn off griefing or anything like that i i don't want that um and i feel that this is what the game is kind of hinting at but we'll see but i will say though my my favorite thing about this has nothing to do with the actual game but rather how this bit of new of news continues to expose like the tired online discourse of the anti-woke movement like how thin their argument is it's like a Latina female lead in a fictionalized world, uh, uh, version of Miami. What the fuck? Of course, it's, there's yeah. going to be female Latinas in Miami. It's 70% <laughs> La- my Hispanics in Miami. That's not even hyperbole. That's the actual number. Uh, so, I, I mean, it's just a super weird thing to, to kind of attack. Uh, yeah, oh, they're exactly trying to go. Uh, it's so stupid. But um, yeah. other than that. Listen, I, I, um, I, I think the Grand Theft Auto series is fine. I, I, I like game, some games more than the than, than most. I don't like five at all, really. But I'm excited for six. If they, can, if they can do what they're promising here, and it isn't this online-only kind of experience, this could be really good. But there's a lot riding on this game for sure.
0: Yeah, the, the, the potential, the mess potential for yeah. this game is really high because of what they're striving to do, not right. just for the launch of the game, but long-term throughout That's the right. lifespan of the product, which I'm sure will span uh, a few console generations like we saw with with, with 5. Um, they're going to have to be extremely careful because with all that comes a lot of risk and a lot of room for error. And Rockstar has been kind of slipping, to yeah. say the least. So it's not the time to take this game and make a mess of it so i think they're okay it seems like they're getting things organized internally to to make this the top priority which they should it's tough because it came at the cost of other things but they got to get this right um it so is it a mess no but it could be very quickly so we'll yeah. have to keep tabs on it and see what happens for sure um yeah. what's your uh what's your your uh, last and final uh hit point news item you got
1: yeah i kind of wanted to Run this down, you know, with, with everything happening with Marvel and them kind of talking about their next... Uh phase of movies uh among that uh, uh, industry insider jeff grubb says ea is working on a black panther game the game is in early development and is being developed by a new seattle-based studio founded by former monolith studio head kevin stevens reports claim that black panther has died and you have been tasked to take their place not much details of the game were shared other than they will be a single-player open world game black panther is a complex character that re- represents a culture Can we trust EA to deliver a well-thought-out game that can navigate through all the nuances of the difficult subject matter? What do you think, Marco? Do you think that... Can we trust EA to really tell a story about Black Panther and Wakanda in a way that is going to be satisfying for everybody?
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know who I would trust? I would trust the people making For Spoken because... Oh, they make the hippy hoppy, hoppy moves, walk, baby. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. If if this okay, let me let me reel it in a second. If this was a game that they said, hey, respawn Entertainment, right, could be making this, I would be a lot happy because you see what they did with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, what they have going on with the the sequel, bit more trust there, right, to to kind of do right by the license and the characters and stuff like that. Um, we don't even know who's making this, so that's a big part of it. And plus, it's EA, so they're gonna want to EA it in some capacity. Yeah. Um, I don't trust it. I, I really don't. Um, I think it's it's been a little bit of a rocky road for um comic based games as of late. Even the good ones, like Guardians of the Galaxy, have struggled to sell, yeah. or from what we've heard, to sell. Um, the Marvel's Avengers debacle. Um, you know really only spider-man has truly been the most unscathed of of them all as of late even even the arkham series has kind of taken some dings and some of the new stuff that we're waiting to uh, see come out like uh, gotham knights and uh justice league or whatever not all that stuff looks the best so it's kind of a weird time for ea to go ah it's time for black panther let's do that like are you ready for that? Do you know what that means to people? Do you understand the onus that comes with that? It's not just about making a good a good That's superhero right. game. Like Black Panther, it hits a little bit different, especially yeah. because of the real-life stuff going on and obviously the new film that people are really, really moved by from that new trailer. It's not the time to, to, to EA it up in all the worst ways.
1: And you can't take this game and just... Spider-Man it up either you can't just make it Mm-mm. a Spider-Man game because there, there's like I said there's nuances in the subject matter of this game that you really have right. to hit home in order for it to make sense you can't ignore that stuff and uh, you know and they're gonna run into the issue with you know Grand Theft Auto announced the Latin protagonists and people are losing their shit over it imagine what that's what the kind of conversations will be had about Black Panther if the story is going to be heavy on the culture of it which is sure be you know is EA really about to 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 get into that are they really gonna tell you a story about uh about culture blackness you know like I it's there's a lot there and for people who listen and are who want to say that this it shouldn't be about that yes it should be that's what Black Panther is about you know you can't skate you can't skirt around that kind of stuff you have to make a game that's fun to play you got to make a game that's going to be it's going to take advantage of its open worldness you got to play a game that's going to play well actually feel well to play get the black panther powers right and then you have to make sure you're telling that story and you're telling that story correctly and you're telling a story in a way that's not offensive and you got to tell a story where, that, that you're actually gonna take an actual uh step towards it you know you're not gonna you're not gonna only touch on like a little bit of it you have to go all in and if they manage to do that that's awesome um you know ea need something good like this need something in the repertoire to really start to, to to stand out from from their their the way that people see them and so i don't know i don't know if kevin stevens is up for it i don't know if that new de- development team is up for it i am very skeptical about this game succeeding in that way uh but we'll see i mean it would be really 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 fucking short-sighted of them to, to have a black panther game and not talk about any of those kind of things at all which probably was it's going to end up happening here. So,
0: well, all um, they need all they need is is a, a Marvel Ultimate Team mode. Ugh. That's what they need. They need a collectible card-based mode to charge <laughs> oh. you. Okay? What they need to do for Axe should make it. They need to they need to charge you for that. They need to release this game unfinished and mm-hmm. broken. Yeah. And um you know Really, really bungle the, the the you know the the, the Wakanda pride factor yeah, and, and that, offend the entire it, community. Classic um, w- uh,
1: video game. Uh, you you uh, might
0: even want to have somebody making the game that gets like called out for like an old tweet for being like super racist or something. That that'll really work too in in the climate we're yeah. in. I'm being yeah, cynical, that, obviously, but that, yeah, it's just it's EA, so I can't rule it out. Yeah, it,
1: it, immediately excited that they announced this. And then when I realized who was making, I'm like, Oh
0: boy. Yeah.
1: So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. That's a really far away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to keep tabs on that too, but uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, it would be cool to get a black Panther game for, for fans for, for sure. Uh, but we'll keep tabs on that. But uh, in the meantime, that's going to wrap up hit points for this week. Pablo, it's time to get to the main event of the Cooldown Time podcast, which is, our Checkpoint Chat. It's time for the Checkpoint Chat. All right, so since um, Multiverses left such a god-awful taste in, in in our mouths, we decided to kind of compensate for the the badness of that game by creating our own, like, versus based segment for this week's show that we're calling Video Game Verses. And essentially what this is is we're picking two... Comparable games and pitting them against each other in a good old-fashioned game of who you got. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have five matchups that we're going to be running through in this week's episode of the show. We might do more of these in the future if this something that uh, if it goes over well with all of you that are listening to the show. Um, we're going to discuss the matchup. We're going to pick our respective winners for uh, each matchup, and obviously for those of you listening. Tell us who you picked. Leave it in the comments below that we don't have anywhere. Um, but uh, hopefully, this will be a good time. We picked some really interesting battles here. Um, and I think this is going to be a fun one for you and me, bro. So let's go ahead and jump right in to the first matchup of video game versus. Up first, Pablo, two of Marvel's mightiest games go head to head in a battle for superhuman bragging rights. We have Marvel's Super, uh, Spider-Man, sorry, versus Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Spider-Man versus Guardians of the Galaxy, Pablo. Let's uh, let's let's talk about this one. Um, yeah,
1: probably. I will say here there might be some story, story spoiler stuff. Maybe. Yeah, I, I yeah. Got it might be stuff. a little bit. Of, yeah, yeah, we might have so, to go there a little bit. So just uh, be aware of that. Listen, when I saw this matchup. I thought I was going to go one way with it. I was pretty confident the game that I was going to pick, but then oh. I, in my head I started doing a little bit of a breakdown of each of the games. Um, I'm going to say off rip. I, it, it's hard for me to pick Guardians over Spider-Man, uh, mm. and so I did it. I picked Spider-Man here in my matchup in terms of who would be superior uh going head to head here undoubtedly the guardian story is special but spider-man story isn't exactly like a slouch either from like the death of miles dad and aunt may's death even the relationship between mary jane and peter is all written well the mentor versus the mentee with doc ock and the turn and f- that turn at, with the final boss fight there um there's 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 a lot of, a lot that i expected of spider-man in terms of emotionality like it, it, it towards that the 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 last half of that game, it turns that up and it works really well. It uses a a, a villain that's not really well known with uh, Mister Negative, and it still really works out. Uh, one of the most memorable overall kind of like uh, experiences in terms of like playing a, a yeah. superhero game i think guardians operates on a different level when it comes to storytelling uh we talk about relationships in the game that's pretty much all that game is you know uh master class in doing that i i i can't i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that the story of guardians and the story of spider-man are equal because i think that the guardian story is far more superior in everything else but when it comes to the gameplay stuff um i don't think it's close i i like what I like the, the 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 guardians combat. I think it's fine. I, I do think the turn based fusion with the actual kind of action part of it is pretty cool. I, I like that. I think that's a people kind of hated that. I think the huddles shit is super mm. dope. Oh yeah. But yeah. But ultimately, for me, Spider Man World is more compelling. It's combat and gameplay just better. Um, and while you know the open world of Spider Man does fall into some open world tropes. I platinumed that game by complete accident. I had no idea that I was platinuming me in. I, I did everything on the map. So uh-huh. by the by that standard, it feels like I don't think it, it overstayed his welcome. I don't think it was like uh, Ubisoft open world kind of fatigue. I think that they put the right amount of collectibles and, and, and not in a way where it was uh, annoying at all. Because I honestly, truthfully platinum that game by complete and utter like, oh shit, I Played on this fucking game. <laughs> um, which is, uh, okay. I never played in games, so that, that's super interesting for me to do. But, um, I do ultimately for that. Ultimately, when you look at those two things, uh, I do think that Spider-Man is just the overall better experience here uh, as a video game. Though Guardians of the Galaxy is is right up there with uh, with me in terms of story. But ultimately, for me, I, I just felt like uh, it was hard for me to pick Spider-Man, uh, uh, Guardians, uh, because Spider-Man just did everything so well. Like it, it operated on so many great levels. Is specifically with the combat and 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 also the traversals phenomenal uh right uh i i, I love the shit out of, out of spider-man and guardians but in this particular matchup i would go spider-man
0: yeah i'm actually on the opposite end of the spectrum uh but not by much i have guardians of the galaxy eking out uh marvel spider-man but this was hard uh this was one of the the more interesting ones i had to think about because you you were right about a lot of that um I'll start with kind of. Um, I'll, I'll kind of give my breakdown as to why. Though I think in terms of visuals and performance, I think easily Spider-Man, Insomniac are wizards at. Um, yeah. You know the performance ray tracing mode they have in their games now is just unbelievable. Magic. It's 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 yeah it's moon magic. I, I don't know how they did it, but it's it's really good stuff. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy looked really good, but. Um, you know, their performance mode was like 1080p and their quality mode was, you know, 4K, but 30 frames. It was a lot of like concessions there, but it still looked really nice. But Spider-Man is just buttery smooth all throughout. So I, ha- I had to give the nod there uh, for visuals and performance. Story and characters, I actually gave to Guardians of the Galaxy here. I think um, it's close call, but I think that um, there was a, a, like a, a freshness to the Guardians of the Galaxy story because it didn't, um, it it sort of defied some expectations, um, that I had for what they could do with those characters. And they made those characters way more interesting than I ever thought they could be. Um, whereas Spider-Man was really great, but it didn't really wow me at any point in time. It was all very, it was good storytelling, but there was nothing that really made me sit back and go, man, that was another level. And I think that Guardians was another level, personally. Uh, combat I gave to Spider-Man, um, it's just it's A1 stuff. That's just incredible gameplay. You feel good doing everything in that game uh, from a combat standpoint. Uh, so I had to give the nod there. Um, I gave like the environmental design to Guardians, actually. While I like the open world of Spider-Man, I think it's so filled with um, padding, padding open world padding of, of, you know, go here and, and fix this satellite tower yeah, and go here letters. and yeah. go, go and help Doc's uh, prosthetic thing and do these little connect the blocks missions things yeah, on yeah. there. The, the, to me, that stuff was was um, kind of a drag and I, I think, I don't know if they did this at launch but um, they have a feature now where you can skip right past that stuff and just auto-complete it, which I do yeah, pretty much every time uh, now. Um, but I think Guardians to me was just, it was a more linear game, but I thought that the environments were just far more eclectic and interesting um, yeah. every single time.
1: Yeah, linear just, doesn't mean I, bad.
0: Exactly. Linear does not mean bad at all. Um, but I, I think in, in those ways, plus I think just the core gameplay of, of Guardians and the way that game feels minute to minute just felt better to me overall. Um, so this was a tough call, but I got Guardians uh, uh, narrowing out uh, Marvel Spider-Man. Uh, but this was an interesting one. Um, let's move on to the second matchup, Pablo. This was one that I, I think is going to get talked about a lot. I think it's already getting a lot of uh, traction in the, in, in the internet community. Um, and we have two, well, we have, here's what we have. We have the ultimate showdown basically for open world supremacy, uh, ensuing between these two all time classics. Of course, talking about Elden Ring versus the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. We're going there. We're going there. We're going, to get, we're, we're, going to, we're going to go there and be a little toxic and, and, <laughs> and talk this out. Um, and obviously, Pablo, in, in many ways, this is more apples to oranges than I think a lot of people want to give this, for this sure. credit for. Very different games striving for very different things. But obviously, there's, there's, there's some parallels, right? So let me kick it to you first. When you think about this matchup, what's crossing your mind and, and, and which way are you leaning here? i'll I'll just be straight up this was the easiest one for me to pick oh Um, is it yeah uh, easiest one for me to pick for sure it was for me too
1: (laughs) yeah listen let's start with the negative here for both games paper thin story uh a lot of stuff uh uh, yeah glaring a lot that's the biggest glaring issue with these games uh breath of the wild you know it has a story but it's very like it's very segmented and it's very like it's it's like five minutes of the game. You know what I mean? Uh, Elden Ring is what they do with those from software games is what, you know, contextual storytelling. So that's not great. But I don't think if you're just going to look at compare and contrast the way we're doing here that you can say Breath of the Wild is as good as Elden Ring. Um, I think Elden Ring is, is the far in a way more superior game of the two. Obviously, it came out after Breath of the Wild. So we're not really saying that Breath of the Wild is bad. It's just... Elden Ring took in some inspiration from that, from Miyazaki's already been said, and they took that shit to the next level. Look, you still find yourself traversing through these worlds, exploring, finding new locations, all that stuff you do in both these games. But everything Elden Ring does for me feels like the better version of what Breath of the Wild did. Exploration is better. You got the catacombs, you got the tunnels, uh, you got all that. Uh, and then it's a more, it's a far more deeper kind of uh, experience, and then it's rewarding against hell. You know, you're finding armor, weapons that don't break. Uh, it, it, it was thrilling. I that. you are going to say something wrong no no I was just saying uh, that. that was one of uh, my
0: notes too so go ahead yeah, yeah.
1: and it was, it's as thrilling as when you find that that weapon you're looking for uh, I found a specific blade that I was looking for that was fucking thrilling because I was like oh shit I found this blade I've been looking for it uh, and, I, and I happened to stumble onto it uh, and it's you know and then you're working on building on your character there's more to this game like there's not just like your link or whatever but you're building your character and you're exploring these areas and you're hoping to find these items that are really going to help out your build and maybe you find an item that you really want to use a sword you really want to use that maybe you weren't going there in terms of the build and you actually start going there because of the of the, of the game itself visually i i like I, it's two different looking games i do like the the the, the kind of environment and, and and just the entire kind of vibe of Elden ring more than 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 breath of the wild i think it performs better um i i i think it's just and all it's just better i think when you look at breath of the wild hyrule um sure the verticality between the lands between and that you know obviously uh, uh zelda does a better version of that but i i when you look at uh, people who know zelda games they know hyrule and they know low rule uh that's, this game is built just like that, except Low Rule is quite literally underneath the entire map. Like, there's a whole ass different section there. Um, it does, it, it just, Elder Ring does so much better than, than Breath of the Wild that I am actually concerned for Breath of the Wild 2 in terms of what they're gonna do, how they're gonna be able to up that. Not that they have to up uh, Elden Ring, but after playing Elden Ring, I don't know if I can go back to that kind of game and feel like, yeah. oh, this was as good as I remember it. Because even going back to, to Breath of the Wild recently, just to kind of fuck around, I was like, oh, this is cool. I want to go back to Elden Ring. Um, you know, there's that little stuff like that. But I think ultimately, uh, when you look at what these games are um, in every aspect, they share the same fault, which is a story, but everything else, I don't think. I don't think there's anything that uh that Breath of the Wild does that's better than Elden Ring. This is super easy for me to to kind of figure out. How about you?
0: Yeah, I'm actually with you on this one. Look, give me a look. Um go. I think for me, uh I'm I'm with you here. I think that I think that Elden Ring to me is well, first let me say this. I think these are both 10 out of 10 games for sure. Um and, and so this is not this is not picking one to say the other one is bad, um, but but I do think that Elden Ring to me in a, in a lot of ways is the next step up in in what I think Breath of the Wild was basically paving. As its own experience, I think when it comes to open world design, yes, Breath of the Wild was an incredible world to explore, and there was lots of interesting places to discover and, and, and um, places to go, things to do. I think Elden Ring kind of, you know, took that to a level that outdoes Breath of the Wild. Um, exploration, I think, is is much more gratifying, at least personally, in Elden Ring because there's a mystique that I find more captivating uh, than what I have found in playing Breath of the Wild. Um, combat, I think, in Elden Ring is A1 stuff. I think in Breath of the Wild, and I talked about this uh, not too long ago in an o- uh, older episode, but I think the combat in Breath of the Wild is, is maybe one of its weakest points. Mm-hmm. Um, not only just because of stuff like weapon breakage, like you talked about, but also um, because there's no real incentive to fight, if you don't have to. Um, You don't gain any levels. You don't get any XP. There's nothing you get out of it other than damaged or broken weapons. uh, And usually a pretty lackluster reward in in one of those treasure boxes that happen to be around those clusters of enemies. Um, So I I always found the combat to be a little disappointing in Breath of the Wild, to be honest, even even when it first came out. Um, Art style and presentation. This was a tough one. Uh, because Breath of the Wild's art style is is pretty great, um, but Elden Rings just was almost surreal in its its style. Is it the most crisp and clear looking game in the world? It's not. It's nothing like what Blue Point did with the Demon Souls remake at all. Um, It's got some issues there in terms of performance, particularly. But in terms of general art style and presentation, I loved some of the places I saw in Elden Ring. And I had moments where I was like, oh, my God, I did this. I had to stop, put the controller down and just look and go, man, this is this is special. I don't really think I had a lot of that happen very often or as often in Breath of the Wild. Um, so I had to give it to Elden Ring again. And I think in terms of story, it's a tie. They both lose. Um, but if I had to pick one, I'd give, I I would give that one to Breath of the Wild. Um, because at least it wasn't gobbledygook like uh, like it is in Elden Ring. Um, I, know, I still
1: don't understand a lot of Elden
0: Rings. I, <laughs> I have no idea what I was doing in Elden Ring. Uh, at, I know I burned what's... this bitch to I know I burned this bitch to a crisp. That's all I know. And somebody got fingered. I don't know. There was things going <laughs> on with fingers. A lot um, of fingers. Whole ass big hands. Hairy hands. Ugh, and it ain't had no lotion on it or nothing. It was nasty. Mm-mm. Um, yeah, Elden Ring for me. I think this was to me. I hate to say it, but I think it was probably the easiest one of yeah, them Yeah, it, it was for me, um, and I'm a huge Zelda fan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I Again, both 10 out of 10 games. This is not poo-pooing one to praise the other. It's just, I, I think Elden Ring, it it it's different. It's different. Um, but with that being said, Pavel, let's jump into our third matchup. Up next, two iconic story-driven adventures square off to decide the battle between Hunters... And outlaws, and we are talking about Red Dead Redemption Two versus The Witcher Three: Wild Hunt. Hmm, this is yeah. a this was a this was
1: a toughie. I thought this would be easy on paper, and then when I started thinking about it, I'm like, "Fuck,
0: it, ain't, so- <laughs> easy. it, ain't, it ain't easy." Ain't, okay,
1: both these games are obviously great in their own right, uh, but they do they do term to they do approach storytelling. Uh, and gameplay philosophy a little differently. Red Dead Two, it was all about immersion and feeling like a cowboy in the in the Wild West. Uh, it's a slow burn of a game too, you know, uh, in that way. Witcher 3's immersion is more interesting to me. It's more about being uh, a Witcher and that story and that. Maybe it's a, it's a personal thing. The fantastical part of all that. Um, both are character driven. And are exceptionally written, honestly. Um, When it comes to that, though, I I still think it's a tie. And that's kind of what I was running into when it comes to this game. I feel...
0: You can't call it a tie. No, 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 no,
1: no, 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 no. no. There's a winner. There's a winner. (laughs) Okay. There's a winner. Uh, No, no, there's a winner here. But what I'm saying is, individually, uh, in terms of certain aspects of the game, the writing is a tie. I think it was hard for me to give it to, to Witcher 3 or Red Dead Redemption because I think Red Dead Redemption's writing is exceptional and so is Witcher 3's. They're, they're telling different stories in different uh, lands and different uh, ba- uh, settings. Sure, of, course, uh, of course. But they both knock it out the park when it comes to their respective setting. Um, Arthur Morgan, Geralt of Rivia are probably probably top five protagonists of recent memory. I almost want to say that to tie as well because I I love Arthur Morgan and I love Girl Girl's Rivia, for two different two different reasons. Uh I I love that. Uh, uh, they're just they're so compelling uh, as characters. And Arthur Morgan had obviously the uh, a big uh climb a big uh, hill to climb because we're coming off John, John Marston which people loved and I think For me, Arthur Morgan is the better character all around when it comes to, compared to John Marston, but it's a little bit of a tie here in that sense as well. But at the end of the day, visually, all that stuff, Red Dead is the newer game, so it looks better, sure, but uh, gameplay-wise, though, uh, I just think, Let me give you my pick. I think at the end of the day, it's Witcher 3 for me. Um, I think it accomplishes a lot of the same things that Red Dead Redemption uh, does, but has a more epic story. It plays better, deeper approach to combat and crafting spells and all that stuff. Uh, It doesn't sacrifice gameplay mechanics for the sake of immersion, which is that's the big point here for me on that. And and that's just a Rockstar problem, really. Uh, I think quest structures in Witcher 3... Uh, never felt like a waste of time. Almost every side mission informed something else and bled into its main mission somewhere or another. Uh, w- uh, and then the Witcher 3 side mission... Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Red Dead Redemption side missions felt like, uh, fell okay. There were some cool moments like the time when you run into the, the cannibals in the cabin. Like, shit like that. But other than that, it was like an experience you had there it didn't really inform the character or the story itself. Uh, and I think that the biggest deciding factor for me is when you look at these games as a whole only one of these games doesn't have a portion of a couple of hours that completely abandons what makes it great for a a a, a, a castaway an island <laughs> thing like that that sucked in Red Dead Redemption 2 and Witcher never has a lull i don't think Witcher 3 ever has a lull where it's kind of like ah i want to get out of this every time every every place every thing I did in Witcher 3 I, I had a great time was compelled as fuck to, to continue that story to follow threads I was Red Dead Redemption 2 less so um, and so for that I, it's Witcher 3 for me at the end of the day
0: um, yeah actually I have the same choice uh, as well um, but this was tough though um, because both games again incredible experiences from top to bottom um, again we're not praising one and poo-pooing the other right, uh, per right se that's here. what about But I do think, in in a couple ways, uh, The Witcher Three pulls ahead. So my breakdown was story and characters actually gave to The Witcher Three. I think Geralt is is um, so dynamic and interesting as a as a character um, in ways that um, you know not only they did a great job with. Prior to The Witcher 3, but I think exceptionally so with The Witcher 3, Um, especially when it comes to his relationship with Ciri and bringing her into the game uh, uh, for the first time in the series. That was big. Uh, The romance uh, dynamics with a a lot of the characters, Triss and Yen and and so on. That stuff really, really worked out. And then you capture that um, and add in. All the great DLC story content as oh well. My God, it was dude, just consider- an overload of great storytelling uh, through and through, and I had to give it to The Witcher Three. Um, combat I also gave to The Witcher Three. Um, yeah. You had mentioned kind of um, you know the, the the dichotomy of of being immersive and realistic at at the expense of yeah kind of being a good game to play and I think that mm-hmm. is the name of the game for uh Red Dead's uh shooting and in general combat. I just didn't find it to be very intuitive. Uh it never felt particularly great. Uh it was very sluggish. It was very slow um everything from shooting to looting a body just felt like it took forever because they wanted to make it look super realistic. Uh, and yeah. it just it just bogged it down for me. And I thought that The Witcher, while it had its share of jank, no doubt, um, was a much more responsive and, and enjoyable experience uh, all around. Um, open world, I gave to Red Dead Redemption 2, um, almost by a landslide. I really like The Witcher 3's open world, but Red Dead Redemption 2 might be my favorite open world ever. Um, it, it, I have to think about it. It might be tied with Elden Ring at this point. It's great. Uh, it feels so lived in and real. Um, the towns feel like towns. The valleys feel like valleys. Everything just feels very natural and, and believable. Um, the Witcher 3 does a great job, too. It's more fantasy-like, obviously, but I did feel like there were a little bit of some, some dry, repetitive areas throughout the game, despite some of its really good art style that kind of carried it. Uh, exploration I give to The Witcher 3. I felt like it was more fun to explore, in that open world, despite having an inferior open world. Uh, whereas Red Dead can get a little plain Jane. Uh, you're kind of out in the in the woods a little too long and there's nothing going on. Uh, you can't fast travel easily, so it's a bit rough there. Um, in terms of presentation, I have to say I give it to Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, Rockstar knows what they're doing. They, they, they made that feel like a real Western style tale uh, and they, they nailed the music the voice acting was was great uh, the camera shots the cinematics to me that was just next level stuff and as much as I thought The Witcher 3 delivered uh, what it was trying to do it ain't got nothing on on the presentation values of, of RDR2 yeah. um, so it was tough it was tough I just think that uh, The Witcher 3 is a better paced better playing um, and better feeling game with better characters and in uh, and, and a story that I think just stuck to me more, although both of them had incredible stories. Uh, but The I Witcher did. eked out uh, Red Dead for me, uh, for sure. Let's move to the fourth matchup. Up next, the definitive versions of two Nintendo franchises face off in a must-see battle of carts and KOs. <laughs> We're, of course, talking about Super Smash Brothers Ultimate versus mario kart 8 deluxe pablo this was the toughest one for me yeah it was tough for me this
1: was uh, tough for me but look both these games do the same thing in terms of like but they just they, use, they do the same thing, but use different genres to accomplish those things. Both are ultimate packages of their well-respected series. Both put beloved Nintendo or adjacent Nintendo players in different situations that we're used to seeing them in. But for me, I think, I think it's Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is who I go with here. And I'll tell you why. First, it's just the ultimate matchup Dream Generator. You want to see Solid Snake fight Villager? You could do that. You want to see Link go one-on-one with Cloud Strife? You can do that. Uh, but also, it's more than that. It's a deeper kind of experience than Mario Kart. Each fighter brings an element of their video game franchise into their fighting mechanic, even if that means the character plays wildly different from each other. The limit breaker system for Cloud's uh, characters implemented beautifully in the game. Uh, you have uh, the elements from different games, like you got Robin's Spellbook, you got Snake's C4 charges, um, you Icebreakers being two characters rather than one, you got Shulk's uh, Monado Arts that you can actually implement in the game. It's just a beautiful blend of all these characters coming together, but not losing the essence Of who they are within that franchise. So while Mario Kart is phenomenal. Great game to play. It's fun as shit. And besides the character models. There isn't much in way of representing. Who those characters are from in terms of what franchise that they're coming from because when you I, I, it's really hard to compare everything else like it's hard to compare fighting versus racing uh you know that's that would be up to you as a as, a, as what do you like better i like the fighter version of it so that all automatically get to check there and then it's it's just the how fun it, it, it is it I, I think that the fun factor Mario Kart probably edges it up a little bit just because of the fact that you can play Mario Kart single player and have a blast really hard to do that with Ultimate uh, especially with Ultimate to play by yourself and have a blast Uh, you have to go online and then there's a whole fucking bullshit thing with the online just not being great and the 1v1 factors are, 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 are fun to play but it just if you don't have that good connection it sucks but with people like if you have people over for me uh, ultimate is the better game to play, um, it, so it's more frantic, it's more fun. Um, but ultimately, th- th- that's why I pick it. I just think that it is the ultimate, pun intended, um, kind of experience where you're using these characters that are beloved and are even at times very like um, they're 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 not exactly known by everybody. And the, and and when you look at how that character plays and the things that they do. It's like, oh, that's just like the game that they're coming from, you know. Like they, they use those all those things and they implement them beautifully. Like it, it's it's just it, it's one of those one of the best fighting games uh, because of that. I I love it to pieces. Uh, and um, honestly, it's 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 it, it, this was hard for me, but I think that I always knew in my heart of hearts that I was gonna pick uh, Ultimate uh, Super Special as Ultimate here.
0: What do you got? Um. Yeah, we're a little different here on this one, bro. I have uh, I have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe taking this one. Um. And and there's a couple of key reasons why. I think I think a lot of what you said about Smash is spot on. It, it's it's a great game. The depth and the detail there is just insane. Uh, how they were able to successfully integrate all these characters in and do so by, by staying true to those characters and what they are and also making sure that it's all balanced within the meta of the game is yeah. pretty impressive stuff. And I, I, I certainly say in terms of overall depth and detail, um, Smash takes the cake there. Um, it gets subjective from here, obviously. It, 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 you yeah. know, All of this segment is, of course. But I think in terms of fun factor, pure fun, I think Mario Kart is the more... Pure fun experience. I think part of why is because of how accessible it is and how pick up and play it is. It's one of those games where somebody that doesn't play video games that much can sit down and, and play it and kind of kind of know what they're doing well enough to be uh, competent and have fun. Whereas Smash is the controls are simple, but the, the there's so much complexity under the hood there that it's not it's not a party game by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, it can get pretty sweaty. Uh, if you go yeah, online yeah. or something, that's true. Um, so I think in terms of pick up and play appeal and fun factor, I think Mario Kart uh, takes that uh, in spades to me. Um, in terms of stages and tracks, or or you know whatever you want to call it here, I I think I would actually say um, Mario Kart Eight is better in my opinion. Not because it doesn't. Smash has a lot of different levels and a lot of things that are themed after franchises and stuff, and that's really cool, except a lot of times people don't like playing in those levels too often because of how crazy they are, so they always nauseous go to the is, default battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone goes to the hey. default battlefield, and it just it it's becomes irrelevant after a while.
1: Real quick, that's an excellent point, because what Smash does for characters, Mario Kart does for level design it, for each of the franchises. Exactly. That's true. So it's I, true. I that's feel a, that's like that's a great point.
0: I feel like there's it, the the tracks are more welcoming and in more in depth and more usable to me. Uh, along with that point, uh, than than what I think Smash does. Good point. Good um, fucking point. And I'd also say online. I, I touched on it a second ago, but I think playing online is a more fun and just it's it's a friendlier experience. When you get on, if, especially if you're not a big Smash person and you just play casually, like me you'll get out there and you'll uh, you'll not only get wrecked by the competition but you'll get wrecked by the input lag and the the freezing and stuff too whereas precision game yeah Mario Kart 8 you get on there and it's just hey let's pick a track that we're going to race together guys okay and we pick it and we race it and there's no problems and it's like okay that that felt better um now I will say as one last thing I think if it wasn't for the fact that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has had this second wind lately with adding all yeah. these new tracks in, I still would have, I think I would have given Smash the, the, the win here. But because Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is kind of alive again
1: yeah, with yeah, more yeah.
0: content, on top of what I think it already does better um, holistically compared to Smash, I think I have to give the, the win to Mario Kart here for sure. There's so much coming out too.
1: I think the new map, pack comes out august 5th or something like that super excited for uh, that fourth i believe yeah Yeah.
0: but yeah yeah. um obviously two amazing amazing games but i think mario kart 8 deluxe to me is uh is the winner and that brings us to our fifth and final matchup of video game versus last we have two of playstation's deadliest dads and child (laughs) prodigies (laughs) that are clashing to decide Who will be the last duo standing? We are talking about God of War 2018 versus The Last of Us. All right, we're here. This is the the, the main event on on the card of of fights. Pablo, I'm going to kick it to you first. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, for this one, I didn't really do a traditional visuals and graphics uh, type of thing, only because of, of, of how... You know, God of War is a much newer game. Right. Uh, but I went more for, like, the story and and the characters of it all. And I would say this. That God of War is amazing. He took this obnoxious, womanizing, roid-rage-filled narcissist asshole and turned him into, like, this mature man struggling with the loss of his wife and now having to be the father of a kid that he seemingly always kept, like, at arm's length. Uh, and if that ain't the biggest character growth you've ever seen in, in video games, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that, that's a fucking come-up and a half. However... Um, you took Joel, who was already a single dad going through that, not only losing his daughter, but then his whole entire fucking world changing, like, and then having this girl Ellie bring him back from like the brink of no, come no coming back really because he was he was at a- he was a killer. He's a murderer, you know. Uh, I think that's equally as as great as as a come up. I, I think when you look at the combat stuff, I didn't really put too much weight on that. I think God of War does a better job of that. It's a newer game, but it isn't the fast paced action kind of game that the original God of War games were. It's a little bit more subdued, and I think that the the combat in The Last of Us is is also in that way. It's a much more calmer game. It's not really a shooter, right? It's more about exploring, experiencing the story. And running into these situations that are are dire and 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 that stuff is really interesting. But for me, everything that God, everything that uh, the Last of Us does is just what God of War was striving to do. I think God of War is more or less a, I'm not gonna say a carbon copy, but there was definitely there had to take some inspiration from from uh, from the Last of Us. They just did. They just had to, and I and I f- still feel that it feels like the second rate version of a last of us so for me last of us takes the cake it's not even close to be quite honest with you you know i i I just think the experience that i had playing this game and the experience that i'm about to have when the remake comes out uh they're just experiences that are you don't find that in video games very often you know the the, they, they take serious subject matter and they are able to uh put it in a game and and give you that story in a way that you didn't know video games can do this, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's the biggest takeaway. I I had an idea of what games were and what stories were before. And now I have a whole different appreciation and a whole different list of expectations when it comes to telling me a mature uh, story. You know, I, there's just, just, you can never go back from the last of us. Last of us changed the way, uh, the way I, the way I perceive games in terms of like, mature content uh emotionality like i you know like really getting emotional playing the game you know putting yourself into the shoes of this person at the time that i played i didn't have any kids and i still felt the emotionality of it like like you lost everything and now you have a second chance in life and i don't think that the god of war ever really reaches those heights i think that it's, it, it's not actually trying many times, there's, it's still trying to tell a story of, of, of a traditional God of War story and all that stuff, there's a lot of that still happening there, um, but I, I, I look at these games as games that are similar, the same peas in the pod, right, but at the end of the day, The Last of Us for me just is an experience like no other, and I love God of War, can't wait for Ragnarok, but yeah, the, it don't touch... No, there's no game, I don't think, sorry wise that touches uh, The Last of Us in that way. So, it, it for me, this was tough. I This is the opposite. I thought this was going to be tough, tougher, and it ended up just being pretty easy to pick at the end of the day. But yeah, it, it's The Last of Us for sure. What do you got?
0: Yeah, I mean, I wanted this to be a tougher battle too because I think God of War 2018 is so spectacular in so many different ways, but... Um, I do feel like The Last of Us does take this one pretty easily for me as well. Um, Starting with the duo dynamics between Joel and Ellie and Kratos and and, uh, Atreus. I think um, the thing about Kratos and Atreus that I, I wish was better was that it was stern dad with naive yet stubborn child. And you can kind of feel like you knew where the plot was going with those two. They're going to yeah. be, Kratos is going to be stern to the point of being mean. You know, Atreus is going to get, you know, a little rebellious at some point and, and mouth off. And then he's going to get snapped back to reality and, you know, and, and everything's going to kind of work out. And then they'll sort of soften up to it towards the end of the game uh, towards one another and that's but, kind yeah. of what happened I mean it, it was it I was mean, very almost one for one <laughs> it was very transparent what they were what they were striving for there and they pulled it off incredibly well don't get me wrong but it was very obvious where they were going with, with that whereas with The Last of Us Joel and Ellie were, were wild cards from the get-go um, Joel you know crossed a lot of people and it became hardened and calloused and bitter angry and resentful about everything and you know, lost his daughter at the start of the outbreak. And then you have Ellie. We've never seen a character like her before. I don't think we ever will see a character like her Um, defied all the conventions of what a typical kid in a video game is like. I mean, to the very foundation, absolutely Uh, potty mouth and sarcastic, genuinely funny at times and um very nuanced and in depth especially through the the dlc that came with uh, the game left behind learning more of her backstory and and kind of whom uh, what makes her who she is um you put the two of those together you have a combination that i don't think we've ever seen before um and you never knew where things were heading with the two of them uh they were close but they were always on thin ice um, they were getting to know each other, and they have these tender moments, the funny moments, the, the, the serious moments. And in and, and every single time around, it was always dynamic. And I thought they clearly mopped the floor with, with Kratos and, and Atreus in that regard. Yeah. Um, Combat wise, I think God of War takes it. It's a little unfair because you're talking about an old 2013 game versus what a 2018 game was able to do. But I think God of War was really, really good from a from a gameplay standpoint and, and two um, different styles
1: too. Like you know, absolutely, like, yeah. This is apples yeah, to oranges. That Stranger Fight was fucking
0: crazy. It, yo. Exactly. There was. I don't think that there was a moment like that anywhere in The Last of Us. Not that they were tr- like trying to find a moment like that. But um, it was still just so memorable to have those types of battles and remember that so vividly, um, and just the things you can do with the axe and and you know the, the way that they Super incorporated cool. that into environmental puzzles and stuff. Just really top tier stuff. But overall, I think that the gameplay was yeah. better in in God of War.
1: I, I I the one thing about God of War that kind of upsets me because I started replaying it recently and I've got almost almost like maybe seventy five percent of the way through it is. That they don't ever really fully go there with him, uh, with with Kratos and Atreus. Like the the moment in the beginning of the game where he's about to pat Atreus in the back and then stops himself from from that. Like you know, he's not a loving father, so he's not about to start now just yeah. because of the circumstances. But I don't feel I don't feel like they ever go all the way towards the end of it. Like uh, Kratos still feels like Kratos uh, hardened in that way, and. The emotional moments like Kim taking that boat ride back to the house to pick to grab his uh his uh, Blades of Chaos. Right. That kind of stuff was so good, but it, it stands out, but it really isn't there, that kind of emotionality does not ring through throughout the whole entire game. With The Last of Us, it's just non-fucking stop. You don't have that traditional relationship between father and daughter because they're not father and daughter. But you see how that slowly turns into that, and so how she's irreverent, like you said, uh, and he's not like, oh, watch your mouth. It's not, you know, it's not his daughter. But towards the end of it, he wants it. To, he wants her to be to the point where he says, "Fuck the world." and me saving right. it i'm gonna live my life with my now daughter here uh it's i mean come on dude the fuck does that and then and then just carries that over to, to the last of us 2 which uh, which will be a great versus uh ragnarok versus uh part two here uh, last point. Of us two, which will be pretty there dope down the line but man that yeah. there's no relationship in video games that's been like that I, I, I don't i don't even i can't even think of one that compares to it uh with joe, joe and ellie
0: yeah, I would agree. Now, the, the the last one that was actually a little tricky for me was presentation uh, in, in mm. like, cinematics. Um, because you have, on one hand, you have the one-shot style of God of War, right? Which I think True. is Fuck. really, really interesting to do. And I, I really liked the fact that they went for that. Versus a very subdued and muted, but very um, cinematic and impactful way of presenting the story um, in The Last of Us. There were a lot of moments with certain deaths and, you know, the screen would cut to black immediately. Or off screen. You're just sitting in shock at what you just saw two seconds ago. And there's no time to... There's nothing to see. There's nothing to, to, to look at. There's no reactions by anybody. You're just sitting with a blank picture going, whoa. And, and that kind of thing to me... It might not sound like much, but when you're in the moment and when you're you're locked in emotionally to the, to what's happening on screen, it's 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 magic. Um, so I I still have to give the advantage to The Last of Us there. Um, I love the one shot thing. I hope that they're going to do it with Ragnarok. I don't know if they ever confirmed that or not. I um, I don't think they will.
1: I I I think there's I think there's some tomfoolery. I think time jump stuff is happening. I really do because they they were very. They, very early on, that they, they talked about the one shot stuff. It was like a point of pride, and right. if they were going to do it again, they sh- they would have talked it up by now. So I, I don't think they'll do that again. Which is yeah. interesting to see how how they how they take that story.
0: Yeah, but uh, and by the way, there's a lot of leaks going on with Ragnarok right now. So be there's careful there. out there, guys. There's it, people are spoil- it, People are tattling out here. Sony Sony's got to button it, that up, man. It's getting bad. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I have The Last of Us winning. So. Um, but, yeah, that is going to wrap up our, uh, our first ever video game versus. Uh, if, if you all liked that versus battle, uh, we'll run it back and do a, uh, some new matchups in the future for sure. Um, but, Pablo, I think that's going to do it for uh, for this week's show. So, um, until next time, be sure to give our podcast a sub if you enjoyed all this. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Cooldown Time Podcast so that we'll always be in your FOV. In between episodes. On behalf of Pablo and me, that's going to do it. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Make me feel good.